0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by Charleston Orwig. They love you, they love you not. They love you, they love you not. They love you, they love you not. Sometimes how others view your business can be confusing and unfair. Charleston Orwig can help you better understand and protect your name. Take control of your company's reputation by visiting charlestonorwig. dot com. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Rusty Fowler, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Glad to be with you, Ken. Rusty, I understand you draw your expertise from many years of experience in the ag equipment industry. Tell me your background, sir.
1: I'm been in the farm equipment business actually on the manufacturing side uh, for about 42 years now, uh, dealing with uh, farm equipment dealers, and uh, I had the distinct honor to be the past chairman of the Association of Equipment Manufacturers uh, in 2012, and um, the, my experience goes uh, at, at various levels, but I began with International Harvester Company. Uh, some of you may still remember that, that name. Uh, But I actually came with the chronic company where I am today in 1987, and we've been selling hay and forage equipment. That's our specialty line, uh, traditional hay and forage tools, as well as uh, highly specialized machines for custom harvesters and your large farming organizations, and that's pretty much our business these days. Our headquarters are in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, We have another office for the West Coast in uh, Reno, Nevada.
0: And you are originally from what state?
1: Well, originally from Texas, uh, but I've been in the south and Alabama and Tennessee uh, for most of the rest of my life.
0: Rusty, is the uh, current change in legislation in Washington and the potential for the new farm bill favorable to the agricultural equipment industry in this country?
1: Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of parts of that industry uh you got the livestock folks and the row crop folks cash crops uh you've got a a lot of varying interest and in some cases interests that don't match each other and I, i never really have tried to figure out what is the best thing to do but what i'm disappointed in is that we had this farm bill uh came to the point where we needed the farm bill and after all the the arguing and the fussing and the bickering, we wound up with nothing more than an extension. And I, I, I just think that's very wrong because the farm bill is boilerplate legislation that this country needs, uh, a long-term farm bill so our farmers can plan and for the long-term and also have a safety net under them when they need it. And Ken, that's my concern, uh, more than anything else.
0: Rusty, how is U.S. tax policy affecting the buyers of farm machinery today?
1: Uh, let me just give that to you from the standpoint of what, I'm, what I hear. Uh, one of the things that our association has been trying to do is to get a five-year depreciation schedule on farm equipment. Uh, we've got a seven-year construction equipment has had five years for some time, and we need to be in the same boat. Uh, we've had that on a temporary basis, but we still don't have it on a permanent basis. Uh, people were, my farmers that I talked to were talking to me about this, uh, estate tax, uh, the possibility that the threshold was going to drop down to a million dollars and they were sweating it. They were absolutely sweating it. And I, I, I was really aggravated that they waited so long to act on it. Uh, but I was glad to see what they did in the end to raising that threshold to 5 million. Um, so that's what I'm hearing. I, and as far as in the business side of it, you know, the uh, the expiration of the temporary payroll tax, you know, I, haven't, I just have not heard any chatter about that at all uh, from my employees or from other uh, uh, executives. So these things that are going on now, I'll go back to what I said basically about the farm bill. Don't carry us down to the last doggone minute. Uh, to pass these things when you have all this time in front of you to do that and to plan for it, because that's the way we have to plan. We have to plan well in advance. So taxes fall right in that same category, Ken.
0: Tell me about uh, your cost of regulation as it's imposed upon you. I'm sure these Tier 4 engines now are a part of that. When you have to change to meet regulation, Do you pass that cost on, and is it substantial to the end buyer?
1: Uh, The answer to that is yes to both questions. The the Tier 4 has been a thing that the industry has been working for for a long time. Uh, In 2004, EPA did a study. uh, You can read it on their website, and it it indicates that they projected the cost increase on these machines as a result of the final Tier 4 would be somewhere between 1% and 3%. Uh, we're at the point now where we're, we're able to see what the true cost of a Tier 4 engine is. And uh, these costs are coming in uh, an increase of more in the line between 7 and 9% increase in the cost of the machine. Well, if you take a half-million-dollar machine like some of ours, uh, you can do the math and figure out that's a huge increase and a lot more than 1% to 3%. I really believe... Uh, that, that this administration that we have uh, is prone to regulation. I, I think they they lean in that direction. I think we can expect more of it. Uh, the only thing we can do is react to it. Uh, I would just hope that when these regulations are being put into place that they're based on sound science and that they understand the impact on the end user, and that impact is a higher cost of living. So uh, that's where my real concerns is right now in regulation, and we do have to pass it on, no question about it.
0: Do you think that there will be further requirements on manufacturers to uh, have even cleaner burning engines and uh, other elements of their machines? You know,
1: it'll be down the road if it's going to come. But uh, what I have heard, uh, both in Europe uh, and I've heard it over here as well, is that there's already a discussion about Tier Five. Uh, I don't, I don't know what tier five is going to be. Uh, one engineer that I spoke with said, well, let me explain to you what it'll be. You can pull your machine up in a, to a hospital and uh, hook up the exhaust to the air supply because the air coming out of your exhaust will be cleaner than the air they're breathing in the hospital. Uh, that's, I'm sure that's an exaggeration, uh, but it still points to the direction that it's just going to be even tougher and And along with like Pier 4 did, it's going to drive the cost up. And there's almost nothing, uh, that industry can't do and can't accomplish, uh, as long as people realize the cost, what it's going to do on the cost side. It's going to drive the cost of things up extremely high. And people that are, that are doing these regulations, if they, if they can empathize with the people that can't absorb these kind of cost increase, which is a lot of Americans, uh, I hope they'll keep that in mind.
0: Saying all this, let's turn back to the overall business that you're in on selling equipment. How has your year been going in uh, 2012 and into 2013 as far as sales?
1: Uh, Very surprising, as a matter of fact. Uh, With the time I've been in the business, uh, when it stays good for a long time, you're always waiting for the shoe to fall and trying to stay ahead of the curve when it starts uh, trending downward. And I thought that would have already happened, uh, but there is still a lot of strength in the market out there. Our our order banks from our dealers uh, shows a lot of confidence in the market. So right now we are saying things are very favorable, uh, even if it had been just flat or even with last year it would have been good. But we are already seeing increases over last year's business.
0: Mr. Fowler, what message would you like to give to those people who are Legislating and regulating in Washington, as it affects the association of equipment manufacturers and those people who produce the equipment that we use in agriculture across this country.
1: You know, let let me answer that as much as a, as an American citizen, as a businessman. I, I think it's there's a lot of misconception or uh, in in our legislative uh, bodies. Uh, it's a real strength in leadership to be able to reach out to people uh, that don't agree with you and and find common ground. Uh, that strength is perceived in, in our government, um, in our legislature, as uh, being a weakness. And then the for a person to hold his ground on, from an extreme position and not be able to see beyond his own nose uh, is actually a weakness. And in our legislators... It, it's perceived as a strength, and I think this is a real problem that we have uh, today. And, and I would like to see them correct that and see some of these uh, true statesmen step forward and, and find common ground between these two parties, especially on boilerplate issues like the farm bill and like the highway bill. Because if you I bless Debbie Stabenow and, and Frank Lucas and and uh, Mr. Peterson from Minnesota, I mean, those folks stepped forward and did what they were supposed to do in trying to lead this government in a progressive way, and they got their knees cut out from under them by the extremes of both parties. And this has got to stop happening. The the extreme position is not the right position to govern from. So I'd like to see them be able to come together on things that are important and throw the emotional issues into another category and do all their battle on the emotional issues, but give us sound legislation on boilerplate issues. That's that's what I would tell the legislators from this end.
0: Rusty Fowler, thank you very much for speaking to us on AgriPult's Open Mic.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity, I appreciate it.
0: That's AgriPults Open Mic for this week, brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Take control of your company's reputation by visiting charlestonorwig.com. I'm Ken Root.